Welcome to the Conscious Living Show with your host, Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce, and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sex life reflects the health of other aspects of your life. While this may not be the only factor, it certainly contributes to the degree you'll enjoy a well-rounded, healthy, happy, sexy life. Now, here is Dr. Nancy and Dr. Mark. Well, good morning. This this is the Conscious Living Sexuality Show, and Mark and I are here in SoCal having a beautiful day. Oh, my God, it's gorgeous out. It is gorgeous. Makes you feel sexy. Yeah, sun and warm and little breeze, perfect. So what are we talking about today, dear? We're talking about sexual fantasies. Ah, one of my favorite topics. Yes, it is. (laughs) You are a fantasy um, inspiration. So before we start, I just want to give an acknowledgement to Sibian for supporting our radio show and, and all that we do, sexual education and pleasure. Definitely. That's a perfect combination. Yes. To be educated on pleasure. We, we need sponsors and people that support education. It's so important now with this Me Too movement that we, that we have people who are in this business but also supportive of the education that is necessary for it to be done respectfully and safely. Absolutely. I mean, those respectfully and safely are two words that should go together, right? Absolutely. Guys, learn those words. So you, you, you truly will be luckier if you know a little bit more about respect and, and safety. Yes. Well, I, I just said to you yesterday something about the key to women's to women feeling sexually free is that they feel safe. If, if, uh, if men knew that that's what we needed first, then we can fly and really expose our sexuality in new ways. Absolutely. I love the look on your face when I say expose. Well, I I heard those words uh, (laughs) uh, yesterday and many, many years ago. So sexual fantasies. So there, there are really some important steps that you take before you introduce sexual fantasies into your relationship. You don't just do that on a first date? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you might try. I <laughs> don't know how well it'll work out for you when you bring out the handcuffs. You know? <laughs> well, they'll just think you read Fifty Shades of Grey. That's right. right. That's right. Um, so I, I think that, uh, that there are some steps that you need to take. And, and our radio show today is going to kind of cover a little bit of that. We're going to start off with some of the things that should be discussed about sexual fantasies. And then we're going to move on to some examples and then a little bit more elaborate sexual fantasies, which I call role playing. And then the real philosophical question of whether or not fantasies and reality, do fantasies need to become reality or should they not become reality? Mm. And that, that which is better? The ongoing dilemma. Huh? Fantasies are reality. So we get a little philosophical at the end of the show. Okay. All right. All right. Ready to start? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. So let's have a fantasy. No. no. Before we do that. <laughs> and and I think when you when you when we talk about couples, you can also pull this back down into your own individual psyche too. Because you first and foremost talk to yourself. You have your own agreements, you have your own own guidance. Uh, and it gets a little more tricky when you share that with somebody because you feel even more judgment, but you can be judgmental of yourself too, which is something that a lot of people need to work on. I think a lot of people have a lot of guilt and shame around their own thoughts, let alone their actions. Right. So, uh, and fantasy really is just a series of thoughts, right? 
Right. I think sometimes you're testing the edges, which is what makes them kind of fun. And sexuality is a lot about uh, testing the edges and mm-hmm. learning and exploring. And you get to explore your own sexuality. And then you get to explore your partner's sexuality as well. So I remember early on in our relationship, um, you know, trying kind of exploring the the concept of sexual fantasies and and I remember you saying to me once, I, I I'm not sure how much I can divulge because I I don't know what you're gonna how you're gonna feel about it. So I think we there is a lot of fear when you know if if we're judging our own fantasies, then of course if if we're just sure that if we express that to our partner that we're going to be judged or even worse rejected because of them. Well, if you can turn it into an invitation uh-huh. and open up your open up your partner's uh, conversation, then I think that that's a safer way to to begin or to break the ice, so to speak. Okay. And if it's it, it probably you know I love the concept of your oasis because anytime you're going to divulge something that is edgy, you don't want to be judged. Right. So that's that concept is very important. So take time to. To create a safe space for you to talk about uh, your needs or your desires to have sexual fantasies. Do you think that that should be done in text messaging? Uh, I mean, maybe with somebody who's more casual and superficial, but I think if it's with your partner, you need to be able to see their responses, not only the verbal responses, but their, their physical responses. Are they excited about what you're saying? Are they a little intimidated or a little nervous about it. Yeah, because I think, um, and we've touched on this before, but uh, when you're when you're when you are divulging your fantasies, there's a there's an unknown about how much you those uh, are perhaps expectations or hopes rather than just sharing thoughts, and so it's probably important for you to have some kind of clarity about as you want to share these things is this something that you are just wanting to share because that that's exciting for you to share it with your partner and to bring them into your your deepest parts of your thoughts or is it something that you're really hoping you can act out um, either in role play or in real life so so you might want to have some kind of clarity about that before you before you step into that arena so that you can be prepared for the questions that are going to come your way yeah I, I think it's going to be a little of both I think that you know that uh, there is going to be um, a little bit of hope that maybe this can become a reality and sometimes uh, the opposite so everybody needs to be communicating very carefully so I think the oasis is a good place to start then you've got some boundaries. You, you've got your agreement that uh, that fantasy will spice up your life, and uh, and you can start to move into it with a little bit more inspiration. Cause, yes. Because you're still going to have to invite those fantasies out of your partner. I, I don't think that if a partner is coming out you with fantasies that are spontaneous, I mean, both people have to be warmed up. I guess would be another way to say it. If both people are interested and they're warmed up to sharing a fantasy, you can go back and forth, or you can, even to break the ice, you could do one of those silly uh, 
fantasy scripts that you've done in the oh, past. Oh, those are great. I think those are actually a great way for couples to start into that arena where um, one of the things I've done in large groups and, and with couples is to create a mutual fantasy. And so you create an erotic story where you would say a line and then I would add to it and then you'd, we'd go back and forth and we'd write out this story, kind of bringing both of our our um, imaginations yeah. into it. And, 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 and I think they have some games that, you know, card games, or it'll give you a start. Right. So you could, you know, you could say, gosh, one evening I was at a bar sitting by myself and I was approached by. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll work on our agreements. <laughs> and, and remember that the Oasis is a place to, to be able to speak your truth and, and to, you know, to kind of set the script is what, what I teach. The response is, thank you for sharing that with me. You don't have to, and it's probably better, especially if it's something that's brand new to you from your partner, is to, to not have to give a, oh, yes, I would like that, or a, oh, no, I don't want to do that, or you don't want to have a judgment. You just want to really create a safe place for your partner to be able to to share these things with you in a non-judgmental, accepting way. Then go away and think about it. And then if you have questions or you have concerns or you want to know more, you can come back to the Oasis and share those things with each other. When things are brought up in the Oasis, sometimes there already is a little bit of an imbalance. And the person that's bringing it up needs to let the other person catch up a little bit as well. I right. think that's why the Oasis is so helpful because you're not asking for a response. You don't want a judgment, right. but you are letting a person know that you're contemplating these things. And then in that way, the other person can um, can start to come up to speed. And in that note, uh, your se- first sexual fantasy should be something that's a little bit common, gentle, um, doesn't have to be... Uh, uh, Aggressive, flying or, from the chandeliers, right, you know, in a monkey suit, yeah. something that would be, <laughs> uh, but but yet that person may be way ahead, right, in that in their minds, and that might be where their excitement is, and they're going to have to back it up a little bit and let their partner catch up. And I think that's a very that's so common in couples for one person to maybe be more of the creative thinker than the other one. Um, I have a lot of. Um, my couples that I've counseled where the, the, the man uh, will say, you know, I've got so many fantasies and so many things I've thought of doing. And my wife says she has none. And when I talk to the wives privately, oftentimes they tell me they just don't have any, that their lives have been so busy, not try, trying to push that out of their mind because they've been taught to feel guilty or shamed about it. They've been raising kids. They've been thinking about work and, you know, trying to be a good wife or good mom. And they haven't given the, they haven't even given themselves time to go into that fantasy life. And that's why I think Fifty Shades of Grey was so popular because it, how many copies did we say? 150 million uh, it definitely, copies definitely broke as some of records. 2018. Or, no, April 2019, 150 million copies were sold. So because it, it really tapped into that 
that untapped resource, which is our creative mind. And that's a really fun place to play. It's interesting. You said that, that men sometimes are ahead in the sexual fantasy world, mm-hmm. and yet that book was read almost exclusively by women. Right, right. Which was, is kind of fascinating in itself. And I have a theory about that we can talk about in the next segment. Yes, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I think if you're, if you're contemplating a sexual fantasy, remember that there's going to be a little bit of an imbalance. I mean, if you're on a first date and you're getting hot with your partner and you say, hey, have you ever, I've had this fantasy about uh, asphyxiation and strangling, uh, that's probably not a, a good place to go right off the bat. Well, true, but you certainly don't want to do it without having had that conversation <laughs> because I've had a, a lot of women tell me that, you know, guys are watching this on porn and they think all women want to be asphyxiated you know, or choked and they'll do it on a first uh, experience. Well, and, and, it, and, it's, and, and remember, come back to what do women need to feel most importantly to be free to be sexual? safe. Yes. And if a guy's got his hands wrapped around your neck and you don't know him and you have no track record with him, chances are safety is not going to be your first thought. So bringing that up as a fantasy in your first date, that's a big imbalance. I wanted to give right. that as an example right. of an imbalance. So you definitely have to take time to to let the other partner see where you're at. And that's where, you know, you sit down and you have your safe space. You kind of get a feeling for where each person is, where their comfort zones are, and if they're okay, you kind of create some some boundaries and agreements so that both people can feel safe, and then you need the inspiration. Probably the best thing to do for new for new relationships is to learn the oasis first. I think that's always good. You know that that, uh, and I I taught a little bit of that in the high school, but I think that probably needs to be the most important thing to teach in early relationships is how to create that oasis to, so that you can communicate openly and honestly and learn to hear what your partner's saying. So when we come back with the next segment, we're going to talk about some examples of some uh, fantasies. Uh oh. Okay. Are you ready for that? Oh sure. <laughs> I wish we were on Facebook. You could see her body language. <laughs> Cringing. <laughs> we'll have or fun. squirming. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, more conscious living sexuality. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and 
bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throws of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show, and we're talking about sexual fantasies today. And... Whenever I say fantasies, I always have a little southern accent. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I know. Dioma comes out. Uh, Fan- yeah, fantasies. We love, we love Dioma. It's, uh, it's, uh, My alter ego. Yes. Yeah, she has a little southern southern drawl. <laughs> so maybe she should come out and we'll talk about fantasies Absolutely. today. <laughs> yes. So again, um, fantasies, uh, the, the largest sexual organ is the mind. Now, men might not agree with that, but. Men like to think their other organs the largest sexual organ, but not. <laughs> Sometimes they need more education, so their mind's a little bit larger. Yes. <laughs> Exercise your sex mind. Exercise your yes. sex mind. So I was taken back a little bit when you said that your first Uh-oh. introduction to sexual fantasies was with romance novels. Yeah. And I, and I think that, that might give men some insight, and maybe there'll be a a whole bunch of men buying romance novels to get ideas about what, sexual fantasies. What women are fantasizing and, about. And I think this yeah. is a great source for gentle introduction of sexual fantasies. And reading them together is kind of hot, too. You know, there's, um, and I think part of, the, part of the reason that women are introduced to these romance novels early on is because they're, they're culturally acceptable. Uh, women, you know, pornography has such a, a, a stigma. And actually next week we're going to be talking about pornography and I've got a really interesting person we're going to be interviewing. Uh, she's going to call in for part of the show. But what, you know, because porn has such a stigma and it seems to be more male-dominated, at least it used to be more male-driven in terms of who it was being created for, that was what men were using to stimulate their sexual fantasies but women were kind of turned off by it because it didn't appeal to what they were thinking and romance novels tend to appeal now there's believe me there's some pretty hot sex scenes in romance novels and it gets graphic and it even can be aggressive but it's done in a romantic way well i think that when you're reading they're unveiled slowly and yes. methodically. Yes, and it's a build-up. There's a build-up and there's some anticipation right. with the and, romance novels. And when you're, you know, I think with reading, and which we've kind of gotten away from, but with reading these books, and that's why Fifty Shades was so popular, it lets your imagination take it to the degree you want to take it. And you put yourself in that story. Whereas when you're watching a TV or you're watching a video, it's you're more 
watching what other people are doing, you might be less uh, in, engaged in what, which role you would play. I see what you're saying. Yeah, see what I'm yeah. Saying? So a little bit more of a voyeur right. aspect if you're watching, right? Versus uh, putting yourself in the in the role in the in the in the novel itself. Yes. Very cool. Yes. yes. Well, the Fifty Shades was a big breakthrough for so many reasons, mm-hmm. and I think it takes us all the way back to the consent process. It does. I think that's that's probably what people got out of it the most. Um, you know, there, there, there's a, there was so much criticism about it lit in a literature perspective and all these other things. And the BDSM community came out with a vengeance against it because they felt like it didn't really represent well, which is true. However, what I keep bringing people back to is it got the conversation started. And it, it opened up a conversation about edges and and boundaries and consent and and agreements within a relationship that that every coupledom every relationship has an opportunity to design itself to meet the needs of both people regardless of what society says so what part did the bdsm community not like about 50 shades what were they saying they they didn't feel because because he had some other issues they felt like it 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 mixed those up a little bit and it really didn't um reveal as clearly as they would have liked to her power because in the subdom relationship the sub has all the power not the dom and and he he kind of misused that a little bit in the first one. So they had to dramatize it a little bit. With some, they did. Some. And that's where uh, a lot of people were up in arms thinking that it had to do with abuse and violence. And and if, unless you watched all the, saw, read all the books and watched all the films, you really didn't see how it evolved and, and expanded on that. But the, but the point is, is that it did... They did have lots of conversations, and one of the things that we we got out of the the first book was the consent process uh, at the boardroom table at opposite ends of the table, and him having this checklist. That's a that's a pretty hot thing to do as a couple is to sit down and have one person have create this consent list and then go through it line by line and have your partner check off. I mean, after all, part of what you're interested in with your partner is what makes them tick and where their boundaries are so that you can find their edge. And you don't want to go way past the edge. You want to start with the edge. Right. (laughs) Well, the edge is hot. Yeah. You know, you don't, I think you want it to stay, you want it to stay intriguing um, a little bit of a you know a heart heartbeat uh, increase, maybe a little sweaty palms, but not so much so that you, you recoil. You know if if you're afraid or you're grossed out, you know or or you feel offended, those are those are you know you've pushed it way too far and and now that person's probably going to be a lot more resistant to the idea of opening up fantasies. So you do want to ease into it and and see where your partner's edges are 
and then play at the edge. I mean, there's, you know, we even talk about edging in terms of orgasms, you know, play at that edge of, of, uh, the, the, the brink of orgasm, you can play at the edge of the brink of that might make me uncomfortable because we all want to push our comfort levels, or at least most of us do. No, I think, I think that's where, uh, you know, the, the fantasies come in, but you have to be careful because some people start to feel like they're being manipulated toward the reality side instead of keeping things more of a, more of a fantasy. So when a man says, gosh, I have a fantasy of watching you with someone else or a threesome, now the, the partner's all of a sudden saying, well, is this just a fantasy or is right. this something that, uh, that we're actually, you know, want to consider? And that starts to take on a whole different meaning. Yes. So you want to, want to keep your fantasies, fantasies. Yeah. At this stage. And th- sure. and and uh, you know, ironically, there there's a lot of uh, interesting data about fantasies, and and the most common fantasy is just being able to freely express your fantasies. So a lot of people just want to be able to talk about it. I mean, that's. That's like pushing the boundaries for them is just to be able to express some, what, they, what they're thinking. Some fantasies are part of anticipation. And if they're done in concert with actual sexual time where you're both being stimulated or becoming sexualized, that somehow takes the edge off of the, the, the nervousness that occurs with the fantasy. Or it starts to create more of an invitation to... To bring fantasy into the into the conversation, one of the hottest things I think in a in a sexual encounter is to to tell a story, to bring a story into the sexual experience, and that that way I mean I I, I call it you're 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 not only having physical sex but you're having mind sex. So, and for people like me who are sapiosexuals, that adds so much heat to it because now your imagination's going wild. And uh, one of the most common problems women say they have during sex is keeping their mind in the game. They're, they're multitasking mentally, so they're, they're having trouble even being in their body so if you can bring your mind into a fantasy that is connecting what you're experiencing to what you're thinking, then that's that's just a surefire recipe for a great experience. Have you ever had the fantasy of being naked in public? Yeah. Well, yeah, you have nightmares about that when you're young, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's think, probably a very common fantasy. I think it's a common yeah. fantasy. So if... If uh, during some sexual time you started to talk to your partner about undressing them on a beach, you know, moving their bathing suit down just an inch or two, suggesting that perhaps you might take it off, but not even even going that far, that might uh, heat yeah. up your uh, your time. Or wearing a really, really, really tiny bathing suit. <laughs> Having a, a sequence of bathing suits that get smaller and smaller through the week. Well, that sounds like a, fa- a fashion show, show fantasy. Yeah, yeah that, that's a win-win for everybody and involved. And so you're talking to your partner about uh, 
the size of their bathing suit. And, yeah. and maybe that just gets them thinking and feeling a little more vulnerable. Yes. And with that vulnerability, then uh, the, the sexual time might heat up a little bit more. If you can feel safe, then you can feel vulnerable and have it be hot. If you don't feel safe, then that vulnerability will feel frightening. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the, you know, I'll just keep bringing that circle back to help couples understand, help men understand that creating a safe space for her will help her open up that sexual goddess. So everybody out there, you know, review Fifty Shades, get some romance novels and tease a little bit about that vulnerability of being naked. Uh, I think that those are, are good places to start. That's a great place to start. All right. Well, we whipped through that segment. Um, my fantasies are going crazy here, so I need to go take a little cool off while we have a break, and uh, we'll come back for some more exciting conversation. Remember, this is the, the Sexy Lifestyle Network, which has an array of incredible shows, and we'll bring, bring you back some more conscious living sexuality in just a minute. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Stay tuned in and turned on to a sexual evolution here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. This is The Conscious Living Sexuality Show, and we're talking about sexual fantasies today. And uh, what do we got the next segment, babe? Well, we're, we're, we're going to move on from sexual fantasy to a little bit of role-playing. Oh, okay. And, and I think this is an extension of sexual fantasy uh, because it can be done with, with the couple by themselves. So they're really creating a fantasy and making it a little bit more elaborate, but it's still very private. Uh, uh, it's, you're not being an exhibitionist. You're not being a voyeur. You're just having the experience together. So it allows you to let your imagination run wild. I think um, the first time as a child you ever played doctor was probably your first role play. (laughs) (laughs) Why you had to say that? (laughs) But I think I think the idea of role play is is a very natural human experience and human response to try on different personas. Um, Halloween. Every year is an opportunity for role play. People put on a costume, they put on a mask, they get to take on a different persona. So bringing that kind of creative, spicy energy into your intimate time can be just a very natural evolution of bringing some of the favorite things you've done growing up, maybe even stage plays, acting, 
different uh, um, language, uh, what am I trying to say? Well, I might have had a fantasy of a southern belle. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so different I, different accents. So I yeah. Can, play. I can invite and and inspire some role play in you to be a Southern Belle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and we move with that. It it can be quite exciting. Yes. Because then you take on the persona of what you envision a Southern Belle to be like, mm-hmm. and that becomes a little different for me. So I can have the fantasy of being with a Southern Belle. Right. But I'm still with my partner, right. which is a win-win. Right. So um, I, I I always think about playing nurse, <laughs> having bringing out my naughty nurse outfit. <laughs> well, if, it, if when you go to some of these websites like Yandy.com uh, or uh, Wicked Temptations or some of these clothing sites that, that sell sexy clothing for women, they also sell a vast array of costumes so that and they're they're inexpensive especially yandy so you can buy these really sexy fun naughty costumes and surprise your partner with a little costume party have your own halloween of sorts and use you can use props or you can just use your conscious fantasies to create a role play opportunity i I think i think using the costumes and and we've talked about mask yeah so that you can hide behind your mask yeah. and you can change personalities a little bit are great ways to to get a little bit more elaborate fantasies going and then i mean sometimes you might just uh fold up in a leaf a heap of laughter or you that's might always have okay the, yeah the hottest night that you've had in in some time yeah now when you're when you're doing these things, one of the things that it creates is the concept of planning. Mm-hmm. You're planning your sexuality, and what happens when you start to plan is that you're already experiencing the foreplay of that fantasy of that evening and how it's going to evolve. But there's still a little uncertainty as to how it might evolve, which yeah. is, I think, really where our fantasy lives. So you can create a, a whole scenario that's going to occur but you don't know exactly how it's going to work out right and and that's where the the fun is i think i've recommended you know when, when young couples are raising their kids and everybody's so busy and tired and i've i've one of my strongest recommendations is for people to make sex dates and i've had a lot of resistance to that because people are under the assumption that your sexuality should always just be spontaneous and romantic and 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 free. Well, that's true if you have no children around the house. But if you've got busy careers and busy families, trying to find that spontaneity is virtually impossible. So I recommend sex dates. And then you can trade off creating these fantasies and planning it so that it's not always on one person, but you can both kind of plan what you can do. And then you can look forward to, and that keeps your brain sexualized. Absolutely. You know? it's, uh, it's, it's all week long. And then, you know, if, if you kind of discuss the, the theme, both people can start to plan and see how they mesh. Yeah. See how they, they work out. But, well, and that's a great thing to have a consent list for. Okay, 
you know, we're going to do a BDSM theme this week. What's your, what's your hard nose? <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 I think it's great that you just clarified the sex date thing. Cause we used to call it, we just call it date night. <laughs> yeah. Code. We're going to have, we're going to have date night. Well, when you say you're going to go on a date with someone else, I got, I kind of, <laughs> wow, Nancy's dates. Boy, if you've ever been on a date with her. So now we're calling them sex dates. That makes me feel a little bit better. Sex dates. Yeah. Well, and and I think it's okay to plan for that. And again, you know, you always say you're happiest when you're living a little bit in your mind sexually all the time. And I think a lot of a lot of people are because as a yogi, I understand sexuality from an energetic level also, and our sex energy is one of the catalysts for our creativity. And it's also one of the catalysts for our feeling of life vibrancy and excitement for being alive. So when we can when we can tap into that energy source, everything seems a little bit more fun and everything, even the struggles are more tolerable because we have this little hop, hop in our step and sparkle in our eyes and and we're just a little more excited about life because that sexual time, even if it's with yourself, is necessary for t- having a totally healthy life. That's part of the healthy life balance. Keep those prostates happy. If you have a prostate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to know. Good to know. Well, I, and I think I think that all of these elements start to come into play when you start to role play a little bit mm-hmm. and and sometimes that creates a, a more a banter within the fantasy which is what makes it a little bit more comfortable it's like creating those stories that's what we started off the segment saying okay i say i'm in a i'm at a bar and i notice you approaching and then you would say something so you can you can start off with just the mind fantasy and then you can get a little more elaborate with some role playing and put on a mask and set up a little scene at your home and, and have a fantasy. It's really great. And that, that's a fantasy with you that, that I've had trouble coming up with um, uh, getting you to agree to. <laughs> I need to convince you, right, that I want to meet you at a bar and I want to come in costume and, and pick, up, pick you up. You want to see what I'd be like more spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm awfully shy. You so are. <laughs> I hate to disappoint. <laughs> so, but those kind of things are fun, and you can even do that at your house and, and be playful. But I, I think, again, it's it's uh, making it a priority, right? You have to make your intimate time and the intimacy of your relationship a priority, and keep it fun and keep it interesting. And for for women, if if a if a romantic night, you know, is that's your fantasy, for for the guys that are listening or the partners that are listening, that that should be pretty easy to come up with. Oh, know? absolutely. Uh, something that's romantic where I mean, that's where, you know, the the movie Pretty Woman, every woman wanted to become a prostitute. So that we would be able to get that guy to show up in the limo and pick us up. <laughs> With the rose. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think that uh, those, those types of fantasies can be, be sexualized just with the dress, 
the you know the the, the dress, the makeup, the shoes, all of those things come into play. You know, and you know, speaking of shoes, I, I would love to be able to know how many men have foot fantasies and foot fetishes that they are nervous to reveal to their partners. It's such a common fantasy and and fetish preference, a fetish, you know, versus, uh, you know, proclivity, whatever, something that you really like that you're drawn to. Well, we have trouble with our math. You have trouble with your math? Yeah, because if we see, if I see you in a dress uh-huh. and it's coming, you know, kind of mid thigh, it's kind of short dress. Uh-huh. And then if I see you put on high heels, I think the dress is shorter. <laughs> Well, it probably looks shorter because my legs look longer, right? <laughs> That's the math problem. That's the math problem. <laughs> Depends on where you're measuring from. Right. From the ground up or right. from the hips down. Right. Uh, about the dress. But I, I think there's something in that, actually, as we tease about it. It just means we're higher up off the ground so you can see up our skirts easier. Well, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> we keep us guessing. What do you have on? Yeah. And that's part of the fantasy. Yes. See, that's how you can take a romantic dinner and then just ask your partner to guess. Yeah. You know, what, how what are you I, dressed? What, 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 what's, what under, what's under this skirt, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then do the Sharon Stone thing where you cross your legs and recross them that real was, slow. Uh, you know, that whole movie... What was the rest of the movie about? Yeah, nobody remembers except for that scene. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was uh, very brave for the for the uh, movie community when you think back on how far back that was. Right. You know, and yet something that simple and something that ornery and something that uh, was very sexy. Well, that guy's the the look on that guy's face when he was watching her. Yes. I've seen that look on your face a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tease you, uh, but uh, men are always attentive to any possible re- revelations there. A glimpse, as you call yeah, okay, it. Okay, <laughs> you're going to call it a glimpse. <laughs> well, of course. You try to see what you can see, yeah, right? Absolutely. So the, the fantasies can just inspire that so much more. And again, if you're both feeling sexualized, the fantasy starts to really gel and starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. If, you're having, if, you're, if, you're, if you're having a conversation about your struggles at work, uh, being dressed sexy is going to fall limp. <laughs> it's going to go limp. It's going to, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, let's take that, that, that let's just limp right on out of here. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're coming back for our final segment, right? Absolutely. Wow. It's and going fast. We're going to talk about whether or not it's better to have fantasies or the realities. Ooh. Which is better, fantasy or reality? This is the ongoing question. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, more of Conscious Living Sexuality. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communications specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. 
Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos. And keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter. All on thesexylifestyle.com. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show. We would be so honored if you'd follow us on social media. If you go to uh, Instagram, I have The Conscious Living Show, The Conscious Living Show, and Dr. Nancy Sutton-Pierce. So you can follow us to stay stay a part of the conversation also on Facebook. There's so many conversations that are important and critical at this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we talk about fantasy and reality. And fantasy as a place, I think it's a really safe place to play. In fantasy, you can have the safest sex, right? I mean, you can have you can you can do anything, and there's no repercussions. Right, you have total control over your whole setting. Right, it's private. It's, right, it's personal. It's it's yourself, or it's yourself with your partner, and you have a, taken time to have some basic agreements, and then you know let your freak fly. Freak, freak flag fly. Yeah. Yes. You know, I just had an aha moment. Um, when we were talking about women not having a lot of sexual fantasies and men seeming to have more, I wonder if that roots back to our younger years when, when we're learning about our own sexuality through self-pleasure and masturbation. Many young girls don't masturbate. Uh, our parts are a little bit more complicated and women are not encouraged or inspired necessarily. Well, guys are simpler. We we have a thought and then it turns out to be a wet dream. <laughs> or your thought turns into an erection and you look down and you go, wow, how'd that happen? That's like magic. That's called a magic wand. <laughs> your first magic wand. Whereas women, it's, 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 it's a little bit more um, intricate and and yet we don't we don't in, encourage young girls to have fantasies and to to self pleasure. So as as boys, you're probably developing a lot of fantasies through self pleasuring because the mind gets engaged in what you'd like to be doing and how that might work out for you. I think all <clears> of these pieces get so entangled; it does make it hard to have a very logical radio show and discussion about it, but. I was just thinking of how different the love languages are in the sexual fantasy world. If mm. guys are yeah. guys are having one set of fantasies, girls are having another set of fantasies. 
um, you know, they're thinking a romantic novel, and the guys are thinking about porn and choking. You get, right. Yeah, you've got to, you've, we've got to uh, figure out how to find where those edges match. Yes, and and that's where the real pleasure is, because ultimately, you'll have better sexual pleasure when you're more concerned about your partner's excitement and pleasure than your own. Yes, it comes back to you fourfold. So ultimately, you know, it's going to come back. So, yeah. So if you can get into that mindset that it's better to to go with their fantasy and what they're inspiring to create than it is with your own, and 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 vice versa, and it it uh, it can take you a long way to a lot of pleasure. Yeah, and and fantasies don't always have to be um, uh, role played; they can even just be talked through. You know, like I was telling you earlier about just using a story. So when we talk about the difference between fantasy and reality, when you tell a story and you get it, you can kind of co-create this story while you're being sexual. Uh, you could you could bring a, a third party in. You could bring a whole party in. You could bring toys in. You can bring all kinds of whatever your imagination can imagine, you can bring that into your experience verbally. So now you're both having these mental images popping up in your consciousness. Now you both might be seeing very different stories, but you're both being stimulated by that co-created story. And now you're creating, in a sense, a reality of the mind. Well, I always look think back to that movie Total Recall, where they implant memories. Well, when you've told a fantasy and you've shared this story out loud and you've created all these images in your mind, the next day when you think back on that, it's as if you've had that experience. Your memory of what you've created together is as if you experienced it. So you can so you can still ha- create the a, a lot of things that feel like you've experienced it by talking it through while you're having a sexual experience because now you're connecting body and mind. And when you put those together, it is an experience. Absolutely, and and so much fun. And so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Definitely heightens everything. Now, I think one of the things you have to be careful about this fantasy and reality issue is is that if you have a fantasy about a certain type of uh, situation um, and and the reality, there can be a big disconnect uh, between between those two. Right. And and so that, that, you know, once a fantasy starts to, if you try to make that a reality, uh, I guess another example would be if you go on a vacation, you have the best vacation ever, and then you go back and you try to have that same vacation over again, it may not be that good. It'll be know? different, right. It'll be different. Yeah. So when you go from a fantasy and you have expectations about what's going to happen, but in reality, you cannot control those expectations. Right. It's happening. It's uh, Whatever's happening is happening, and, and you lose some control, so it's going to take you in a whole different arena. Yeah. Now, that might turn out to be very exciting, but that lack of control can also start to mess with the safety aspect and then start to be 
uh, uh, negative in terms of your overall enjoyment. Well, and I think it's a, it's important to differentiate between a fantasy and expectations, because if you because your fantasy really is more conceptual that you would like to know what it would be like to experience X, Y, and Z. But if you, in your mind, have created the entire scenario down to the detail, and that's what you're now expecting to have happen in order for you to feel satisfied, you're setting yourself up for disappointment, especially if you engage another human being into that experience. Because we can never control what's going to happen when we in bring, bring in another person. Because they've got their own set of fantasies and boundaries and expectations. And, and uh, so when we, when we start mixing and matching those things, you, you really have to have, you, you can go into those with a concept idea or a, a curiosity. But if you take it too far in your own fantasy, you're going to be disappointed. Now, I think it's important to differentiate. I mean, if you're sharing a fantasy with your partner and you're kind of creating it, there's going to be some spontaneity to it that can be fun and exciting. And you do have control over that because you're sharing a fantasy. But if you have a fantasy and you... uh, I guess where we have to be careful is when one person's using a fantasy and they're hoping that that will actually become a reality. And I think a common one is a threesome Mm -hmm. or, you know, watching your partner or uh, there's a whole bunch of things that that people express they would like to have happen for real. If you're using Mm -hmm. fantasy to try to achieve that, that's fraught with all kinds of disappointment. Right. Because it starts to become manipulative. Yes. And then the person starts to pull back and, and there's there's no there's no joy there. Yeah, if you hear yourself saying, What what do I need to do to get my partner to fulfill my fantasy? Now you're now you're stepping into a territory that's probably gonna be met with some resistance. Well that's not a fantasy, that's a, a reality that you're trying to create. Right, right. So the first step would be to find a, a safe way to express your fantasies without expectation. Just be able to express them. And then see where that takes you. Because oftentimes that'll open up your partner to maybe express theirs. And eventually you may decide that, well, there's that one thing that we both have in common that maybe we would like to try that. Maybe we we would like to go to a a nude beach together and be naked in front of other people. That's, That's a big stretch for people. So Maybe that's something that you both fantasize about. So you, so by sharing your fantasies, you're going to find some commonalities somewhere along the way. And that's the one that you want to really play with. Yeah. And, and that way there's no expectation. It's, right. actually, it's kind of a... You're not feeling like you have to talk somebody into something. Learn about your partner. And, yeah. and now it's always safer if you're, if you're going with what your partner wants. Yes. Then, then you know it's not manipulative. So... Keep it, keep it spicy. Keep talking about it. And next week when we come back, we're going to have, uh, we're talking about pornography and kind of the behind the scenes of porn, who's making porn, what their intentions are, uh, some of the shifts that are happening in the porn industry. And, uh, you know, we, we'd love to hear your questions about porn. You can write to me this week and I'll make sure I ask the person I'm interviewing. Uh, it's going to be really fun because she, she is a, uh, uh, 
make a filmmaker. So she's creating a lot of porn uh, based on some of the more romantic novels. So it's, it's an interesting concept of women making porn for women and couples. So remember, uh, every day that you have a choice to be an example or a warning, and you also have a choice to be the best partner for your mate that you can be. So remember to, to laugh more, love harder, and kiss longer. We'll be back next week. Take care of yourselves. Thank you for joining us this week for The Conscious Living Show. Be sure to join Dr. Nancy, Dr. Mark, and their guests next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Have a healthy, sexy week in every way. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.